The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie, live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. We're broadcasting live from Hallis Hall today. Cordy Cronin joins us here in studio. You can watch it on Twitch as well or YouTube Live. The Twitch channel is ESPN 1000 Chicago. We gave her the comfortable chair. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in my throne. Yes, you are. I like this. I'm, I'm taller than everybody, though. It's Absolutely. Really it's the padded blue form. chair, yes. And, um, Cordy, we were just talking in the... Uh, in the break, too, we'll get to the uh, the Bears stuff, but we have not talked any any bulls that, like, I like a good a good conversation with Courtney about the Bears, but when her passion truly comes out, it's when she's complaining right alongside me about the bulls. And you yet, guys have a lot to complain about. We do, we do. Yeah. Like, I'm not I, over last night either. Like, I thought about it all morning. How coming out of the timeout? That's the matchup you have. On Paulo Bancaro? With with Caruso? Yes. And I get it. He's a good defender, but that's a terrible mismatch. And then why Pat Williams is starting in this lineup makes me furious. He can't even get a shot off at the end. Oh, that was t- <laughs> so bad. It was Tyler said it best. I tweeted something to the point is that the clock expiring on Patrick Williams is just so perfect because it's sim- it's, it's symbolic. <laughs> like the clock is expiring on him. It literally expired last night on him. Magic plus two, uh, you know, felt pretty good to me. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Like, when are they going to do the Zach trade, though? Because this is something that should have happened in the off season. And now when you take a look at the return that teams got for Damian Lillard, for Bradley Beal, for James Harden, even the Bulls aren't going to get anything close to that. Where are they going to send him that like might be that desperate? Detroit? Because they've been so meddling these last couple of years. I know he wants to go to L.A. I know that they need some... They need somebody alongside LeBron because it's not Rui Hachimura or any of the other assets that they can probably trade by the Doesn't deadline. Doesn't Tibbs love him? I mean, why couldn't he go to the Knicks? C- c- could you imagine, speaking of that, I had this, like, sicko theory. Can you imagine him and Jimmy teamed up? Like, no, the, yeah. what could have never, what never was, but, like, he was supposed to be filling that void when Jimmy got shipped off to the Timberwolves and... How that whole thing worked out when Tibbs was here. I just, I would love to see that. I don't think that would happen. Well, Austin Rivers number two. Didn't Austin Rivers say like that ain't happening because Zach doesn't even pretend to play defense, <laughs> and Jimmy would probably kill him if if he you wasn't know, out there. I think that would be defense. very combustible situation. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Jimmy though. Jimmy would certainly ride him. I don't know if you heard this too. I wanted to play this, Charlie. If you can get the Kendall Gill from last night, and you mentioned you watched mm-hmm. the whole, whole post game. That Vooch at the end of that, and, and Billy even referenced this in the post game, that he would have liked uh, some of the other guys to get their hands up when when um, to the, raise the roof or what? No, to to try to block the winning oh, okay. sh- the winning shot. Um, and, and so this was this was Kendall talking about Vooch's defense. He was right there and just decided. See, Red Fred even tweeted this out. It was one of his best tweets because there aren't many good ones. Um, From who? See, Red Fred. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he filmed it and and pointed this out that Kendall Gill uh, called out Vooch. Take a listen to Kendall Gill last night. 
that Nikola Vucevic was trying to call a timeout after this bucket was made, but you have other guys. Look, look, look at this. Make it. Look, he, he, he's right there. He's trying to call a timeout. Yeah. Acknowledges it. Yeah. Forget that. Forget that timeout. Block the shot. Gotcha. Okay. If you block the shot, we don't need a timeout. Okay. He's right there. He's six foot eleven. Watch this. Slow back. And he comes right. By Carroll comes him. right to him. Make an attempt. Make an attempt to block that shot. Didn't even jump, and as Waddle points out, the Bulls didn't have a timeout. No, there were no timeouts left. It's just embarrassing. I mean, it feels like isolation basketball in every sense of the word, where everybody's out to do it for the, to do themselves at this point, Vooch included. <laughs> and when you break Adam Amin, like listening to his voice at the end of the broadcast, I'm like, you broke him. Yeah. Like, they're a four and eight team. They're going nowhere. They're a meddling franchise. It's frustrating because they had ways to fix this in the off season and took zero course of action. And I, and I know, like I see this on the other side because I cover the Bears. I'm I don't see it through the lens of a fan. I see it through the lens of a journalist. So in my off time, when I want to watch a basketball game and I want one pro team to enjoy in my city, and that can't happen, that makes me not want to be FCC compliant when I'm on air. It really frustrates <laughs> you join me. Join us on Unhinged. And yeah, I, that's that's probably where I belong. And I'm going to the Hawks game tonight, so I'm excited. Oh, yeah. to, I hope they win. I would love to see Bedardsney up to like nine goals. Yes, yeah. Hopefully, yes. I get to see him hit double digits tonight but it's on it's 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 maddening how bad this how bad it has like continued to be despite the play-in game against Miami last year that's a participation trophy as far as I'm concerned and how this roster has been deconstructed by its own by its own right I mean Kobe White's terrible yeah I tweeted it's about impossible that. to break Adam Amin because he'll scream when the Bulls cut it to 30 with four <laughs> minutes to go like I mean, Adam, Adam will be standing on his chair screaming like they're about to advance into the Eastern Conference Finals when you cut it to thirty and you got three thirty-five left in the Kobe game. Kobe White for three. He's got five. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes to go in the game. Bulls down thirty-eight. We'll be right back. Love Adam. Love Adam. <laughs> he's, he's joining us tomorrow. He's doing Fantastic. the Bears game. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. He is going to be up in <laughs> Detroit. Detroit's become like a home away from home for him. He's been doing a lot of their games the last couple of years. So he's. I'll be really curious to see what he thinks of this crowd at at Ford Field. I've heard it's. I mean, it's it, the games that I've listened to their home games. It's loud, and I I always like that environment. I like that stadium. I love the press box, the open air feel. And it's been loud in previous years, but God, if you listen to it on TV lately, because, those, yeah. well, it'll be the they're crazy. not selling tickets to opposing fans. Like they yeah. really are filling that thing with like hometown, you know, the Michigan people. Well, cool you've you've been there to see, even like when they were moderately okay, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But now, I, I bet this will be a even a new experience for you, yeah. despite being in that building and you know a number of times. They're they're playing well. They're fun to watch. Um, and their fans are, are loving every second. Yeah, they? and I mean they should. They're a seven and two team, yeah. and we were doing the podcast this morning. Uh, my cohort up in up in uh, Detroit grew up like a Lions fan, and he was saying like you know the, there's the pause that people want to put on it because they've seen the Lions get off to a hot, to hot starts before, but it's never felt like this. Like this honestly 
carry such a different feel because of the way that this team was constructed and the way, like how long it took to get here. And, you know, that's multiple front offices that got them mm-hmm. to this point, multiple coaching staffs. And they're finally at a point where they're not just playing competent football like they showed they could do last year and bouncing back from, you know, six early losses in the season. Like they're showing that they are. Not, like, they're a contender for a Super Bowl right now. Yeah. It's not just the Eagles, the Chiefs, and maybe the Ravens. The Lions are fir- in the 49ers. The Lions are firmly in that mix. Uh, let me ask you this question about the Bears. As we, as we talk to Courtney Cronin, we're at House Hall today. No, let's continue to pound on the Bulls. <laughs> we could do that, too. Um, here, Am I wrong in, 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 in summarizing this? That when I hear Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus talk about specific players, when I hear Matt Eberflus rave about Jalen Johnson, and remember, they didn't draft Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. but he's become his guy. And he even said to us on, on his show with us, I love Jalen Johnson. Or when Ryan Poles talks about Tevin Jenkins, who wasn't starting off as his guy, and now how they love him, or the guys that he did draft, and he, he was raving in a pregame a couple weeks ago about Bajent mm-hmm. and some other guys that he can be effusive with his praise. But when any of them talk about Justin, it's very muted. Um, am, I, am I wrong there, or, or do you read the room the same way? No, and I think I've heard you say this before, because we can go back to... Ryan Poles' press conference right before the start of the season, so August, after roster cutdown day, and he was very specific in what he wanted to see from Justin Fields. It was an open-ended question about the improvement from year two to year three, and it was just along the lines of take less sacks, get the ball out quicker, you know, run less. I think I'm paraphrasing on that. He said something about you know using his legs kind of in the moments where – he he needs to out of desperation, not just deferring to that. But I think Poles has been consistently measured in his approach, the way that he talks about the quarterback, because you're not going to like hook up your anchor to somebody that you don't know. You don't know if he's going to be here next year, if he's going to be your starting quarterback in 2024. So it's the smart thing not to go all in on somebody who you may end up having to make that hard choice about down the line after these seven games. But I, it, it, where we're at different from last year where this team had three wins and was going into the back end of the season, they actually do have things to evaluate with the quarterback. Like These are not just seven throwaway games and then they turn the page to 2024. They truly are trying to get the best evaluation, whether it's going to be for them keeping him in the system and building around him or them trying to get a good draft pick if they want to move on from him. Yeah. So do you believe at this particular time they have a strong feeling about how they – perceive Justin and what they're going to do and then I guess the second part of that question would be how much can he impact that over the next seven I do think they have a strong idea of what he is right now but there's also several pointed areas that they want to see improvement from and you can hear it in the press conferences like when you I asked Luke Getze about this last week the whole idea of him taking less sacks and you know there are moments because those zero sacks that like the the zero yard sacks he'll take because he is somebody who will scramble and he can make big plays and might rip off a 15 20 yard play the next play because he is such a dynamic athlete but it's the ones where he's hanging in the pocket too long and the unnecessary sacks like that stuff has to go down and i think the bears the bra- like the whole bears brass has a checklist of items that they still want to see from the quarterback is seven games enough 
I mean, that's that seems like a very tall task. I mean, the amount of pressure for Fields to a stay healthy, to b play through something that's not at a hundred percent yet. Uh, I mean, he even said that like he still feels some residual pain in the thumb, and I don't know if that's going to go away. But he's got he's got a lot that he has to do to ace this sort of test and. Honestly, it kind of feels like he has to play perfect yeah. here, the final seven games, yeah. in order for them to say, okay, no questions asked. He's our starter for well, 2024. Well, it's, it's a different conversation if they have the 14th or 15th pick. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is a conversation because they have, at the moment, the number one overall selection and what everyone has perceived to be as a quarterback-rich coming, you know, draft coming up. So yeah. uh, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. My hope is is that they use the same microscope, not just on the quarterback, but other important roles being played or filled by different people in the organization. I think they have to. I mean, I know that Matt Eberflus' comments yesterday didn't sit well with – I don't think he said anything wrong, but I think some people look at that and say, well – you know, you too need to show consistency. You too need to show the improvement over the next seven games. Same with Luke Getze. Yeah. I think it's a job, a job interview for all three of them. If I agree. I'm being completely honest, and it should be. Yeah, it should be. What? what so, it, it, tell us what you think about Justin's thumb, because when he spoke yesterday, there were a couple things, and I retweeted some of the the quotes that you sent out. When, when he's talking about, look, he tried the glove, he didn't like the glove, he's still taping it, he says uh, it's still not totally healed. Mm-hmm. So he's cleared, and like I've always said to Waddle, I've never heard of a quarterback with a finger or thumb injury on their throwing hand when they suffer it that year that it's not a problem the rest of the year. Sure. It usually doesn't get better till the following year. And, I mean, it's been four weeks, like just over a month since he – it was a month yesterday that he dislocated it, and – I thought it was – I was a little surprised when he wasn't wearing the glove, when we saw him out there at practice last week even. He was wearing some sort of like purple-ish um, – it was like a wrap almost on it. I don't know if it was tape or something else, but, you know, the glove helps with your grip strength. That's why quarterbacks with smaller hands end up wearing them so you can grip the football. And he said it was hindering his ability to throw. It wasn't comfortable. And he's never worn it, so I think – if you're asking him to do it now, it's going to be a different feel. It might be, you know, we, they've got to also go through the process this week. How can he take snaps out of the shotgun? How can he take snaps under center? Are those going to be comfortable? Because you've got to make sure that immediately when the ball snapped, you secure it. And you, and you can't necessarily do that if you feel there's a hindrance to what is on your thumb. I was surprised when he said that he may or may not tape it up Sunday. I thought that that was going to be like bare minimum. It was going to be taped up. And I'm sure they are going to have to monitor that based on how it looks, if there's any swelling, if there's any sort of residual pain. Because the number one thing, he can't – ball security cannot be an issue here. Otherwise, they're going to be regretting that decision very quickly. And if – it's not just interceptions, it's fumbles. And if he falls again, if he gets sacked, how do you protect yourself? Like, you know, we made the joke all off season about Tua learning how to fall via jujitsu. Is there a version of that for Justin Fields to protect his thumb so he doesn't fall on it again and just the natural reaction of going to the ground and, and then dislocate it? And he said, all that matters is even if I get hurt again, the ball's protected, which I'm sure he doesn't want that to happen because that's the rest of his season if he ends up getting hurt. Yeah. You also have to factor in, like, the league is filled with, they're not evil people, but they're not choir boys. So any opportunity. Oh, they're going after that. Yeah, every opportunity for a Detroit Lion defender to mm-hmm. actually Swat make, con- the ball. Yeah, to make contact with the thumb. And then, 
you just have to be aware of it. And it's just so unfortunate for him because it's the thumb on his throwing hand. But oh, Thayer mentioned before Waddle about um, read option plays. Yeah, that that's a tough play to sure. make because you got the you've ball got in the pull belly the, ball, the running right, back, right? And he's grabbing onto it, and you've got to keep it there yeah. to the last minute. Then you have to grab it out. Could mm-hmm. that like tweak it or? bother him more would they shy away from read options and there, because you know that. there's a lot of zone read with Tyson Bajant in the last couple of weeks I remember that specifically with the New Orleans game um maybe that's something that they try to god like working around that see because the operation of that has to be seamless you have one second to make sure either you're pulling it or the running back's gonna end up taking the handoff this is a good week though for them for him to scramble, for him to use, like, even more design runs for Justin Fields. They had such a, the Lions defense had a big problem. I know Lamar was literally perfect passing in week seven against Detroit, but he had nine scrambles for 36 yards, which is not a, you know, not a great stat line, but I think four of those went for first downs, including a touchdown. Like, they do not, this year, they have not defended running quarterbacks very well, so that could be a weapon that the Bears think they want to pull out because they really haven't asked Justin to do that much with his legs this year. They haven't said don't scramble. That's you know a, a skill that he can utilize, and he always will. But I would not be surprised to see some design runs knowing maybe some of those limitations on the hand and also that he might not be able to, you know, I know they say, like, yeah, he's cleared. He can make every throw. He might not be able to make all those yeah. deep throws, and that could be the workaround for that. What is their situation with their running backs? Is Khalil Herbert expected to go? And I know Foreman's working off of a you know a bit of an ankle injury. Yeah, I talked to Foreman today. He said that um, – because remember, there was no injury designation for him in the game. Right. Like, he went into the tent. It was like 10 minutes. Um, he's running up and down the sideline. He said that – I mean – it was painful, and yet you know, seeing him in the locker room afterwards, like he could barely walk. And so this week, to just see him walking to and from the locker room, and then him practicing, there was a lot of swelling that had to go away. So it sounds like he's trending in the right direction. He definitely seemed optimistic. They just waved Darrington Evans, so that's your spot for Khalil Herbert. I know that you and I were both expecting somebody else might have been in that yes, spot. Yes, um, But no, uh, they want to keep him. They want they. They want to keep him. I don't think that I just I. It, it's not going to happen, I guess. I mean, I'm just. We should all find someone in our lives that yes. love us the way that the front office loves Sayless Jones. R- Richard Hightower said he had his best special teams practice of the year yesterday. Just for what that's. That like. is one. I of just the, want you to know. With, that I don't know Richard practice. Hightower at, at all, but that's one of the strangest statements I've ever heard. <laughs> not, not blaming you. I'm just saying, like, you I know, know, I, know. I mean, like, 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 what do they do in special team practice? I don't know. Like, isn't it all in slow motion anyway? Right, like, because it's the most likely place to get hurt if everyone's going full speed. Yeah, it's um, but no, I mean, in terms, like, I'll be really curious to see what that backfield looks like because we saw it for. More or less a half yeah. in Washington, and did, nothing really came to fruition against Green Bay, and that was the only two times that those two had been active. Foreman has played his way into a role here. There's That's no possible way that you can make him inactive yet, nor would you want to. They complement each other, and you're also you also have to like compensate for the other side of that when you've got a very dynamic backfield that can put up a lot of yards that can you know affect you in the passing game with what Detroit does if you're going to try to match that you're going to try to have the full complement of your running backs up there yeah their only problem is is especially with Justin who, who hangs onto the ball a little bit longer mm-hmm. he just plays the position differently than Bajan you need somebody in the backfield that can help you protect yeah and they that's Roshan Johnson more yeah, than anybody. Agreed. And they were working on pass pro drills when we yeah. were out there. The portion we got to see a practice today. So I think very clearly 
against that defensive line. I mean, they don't just get pressure with Aiden Hutchinson and what's the other guy, Mims up front. Like they, you know, Julie, Houston's out, right? He's been out for a while. Is yes. It? Yeah. Julian so. Aquara's there. Um, Alex Anzalone. Like they've got they 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 those double those mug looks those double a gap blitz. Like that's how they pressure quarterbacks, and they've been very effective kind of spreading the wealth up front. So they're going to have their work cut out for them with the new combination, I guess the 11th or 12th combination of offensive linemen that we will have seen this year and uh, the running backs in pass pro. Any, uh, anything else that we need to know? Can we keep talking about the Bulls? Like, <laughs> just I, I have so much stuff I have to get off. You have some angst. Yeah, what, what else uh, do you want to get out? Like, I just my my question that I had yesterday, and I tweeted about it. Is there anyone sitting? And some people misinterpret it when I wrote a bull suite. People thought I meant like people who are renting suites. I'm talking about Mark Eversley, AK, or Michael Reinsdorf, mm-hmm. or if Jerry ever goes to a game. Anyone sitting in one of the Bulls employee suites? Are they mad? Like, do they look at their product and where they are with this team on the verge of another remake or rebuild or whatever it is? And is Michael sitting there, Michael Reinsdorf, who took over the family business of running this Bulls team, knowing that this plan is a complete failure again? And or does he look at the building and say, hey, I got another 19.5 here. I'm good with it. And 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 as Beers long as are ten bucks a piece, yeah, at least yeah. like they're twelve, 12 or thirteen. You know, what do you think? Do you think he's pissed? I think that this is from the top down. Similar issues that we've talked about with the White Sox of you know volumes, obviously a big thing for that ownership. They don't necessarily care what the on field on court reflection is. It's people in seats, and if that. If their bottom line gets affected, then maybe they start they to change. make changes. But I, how many years have we been through this where the bottom line very clearly hasn't been affected? You know, the only way you get after owners is you hit them in their pockets. And I don't I don't honestly think that people will. And right. I don't even that. I don't know why. Like in this day and age, the, the vast majority of the appreciation of the asset comes from just ownership. It doesn't even come from, you know, people in seats like if you're in this business you're going to make money regardless. There's, it's really hard to lose money in this business. I just don't know why they're not more proactive about the product on the on the on the on the floor or on the field. Like, it, it's just ridiculous. Don't get into this business if you're not in it to win. You're like going to make money. Like to Courtney's point, and we, Courtney and I were texting about Bob Myers yesterday. Like, Kobe White is is averaging what twelve and a half million per year over the last, next three years, or yep. thirteen million, whatever it is. What will Bob Myers cost you? Like to get I, that's 15 not million. Even, like, yeah, but that even shouldn't even be a conversation. No, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, here's a guy who's just an average player in the NBA, if yeah. that average, and and you could have a one of the top you know presidents of basketball operations running the entire team. That's so cheap in comparison to what you're playing, paying your players. He doesn't send you into the luxury tax either or whatever. No, right. I saw, I'm 99.9% sure that I saw Travis Schlank walking around at the Champions Classic the other day. He was, when I covered the Warriors, he was the number two GM. Remember he went to Atlanta? Sure. Weird thing. I think he got fired. I don't know. I saw him out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, that's Travis Schlank. Maybe I could go ask him if he would be interested in the Bulls job next year. You should have. I know. Why had chicken down? It's my fault. I wanted to see what the sports book was like. Probably would have laughed at you. You just told us you're in 
the 300 level? We went. Not that there's anything wrong, <laughs> but I I thought for sure, like a baller like you, you would have seats close to we the court. We got last minute tickets, and I I mean that Michigan State game was fun at the end. I actually went home before we left at halftime of Kansas and Kentucky, so I watched the 14 point comeback or however many it was. It was 11:15 by the time that game got over with, but that was my first time. I think it was the first time that that Champions Classic had been back since 17 because I covered a player who was on Kansas for a long time when I was down in Mississippi. So I went when it was there last and like seeing the crowd this time around, like what an event. And that yeah, was it's awesome. A great event. I mean, 300 walk- level was filled. He won't filled. walk in the building unless he's, you know. Four or Court five side? rows from the from the floor. Well, no, we're sitting on the glass no, tonight, so I'm excited. Oh, you're on the glass. Ne- never done it. I'm so excited for, uh, for uh, lightning. Yeah, and lightning, lightning and, and hawks. hawks. We've got something I want to play on Connor Bedard too from from Gretzky. Okay. Gretzky talked about Connor Bedard. Wait till you hear this, uh, Courtney. Great stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Courtney, Courtney Cronin. All over the Bears. Um, would you rather? We got to get some entries for that coming up later this hour. Your best either or question. Would you rather this or that? Uh, send them on Twitter using the hashtag WS Would You Rather. Send them to at Kevbo underscore. Send them to at CRBevins11. And send them to Jake. There's a A can two. Yes? Correct. Yes. Yeah, three for you three. Look at you. Three for three. You, you know what? All you by can memory. tap out and go home now. All right. You won. If you want to weigh in on the Bulls, on the Bears, or uh, we've got some Shohei stuff I want to share, too, 312-332-3776. Waddle and Sylvie live at House Hall. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Vucevic. It's Levine to tie the game. NBC Sports Chicago, Adam Amin, Stacey King, too many dribbles, Patrick Williams. My God, I, I don't think I've ever seen a team try to kick away a game as in a manner in which Orlando did. Like, they did everything they could possibly do to let the Bulls back in that game. And listen, God bless you, Bulls. Good job getting back in that game. Did you see some of the passes? Like, Wagner, I think, at one point threw a pass into the crowd that there was yeah. no magic the, the, the player old, the around. Old, the old crowd pass. Thought he was going back door or whatever the case was and just threw it right into the, the, the crowd. The Bulls lulled them to sleep. It's what they did. I mean... And I, Zach made a couple of nice threes in the end in to the get end. him into the know, uh, position. Like, I don't know what happened early on. Like, you would have thought he would have come out that my... Like I, I still think my bet was right. He was just wrong. Okay, that's fair. Like, how do you not with Demar out come out after? Basically, I I think he's demanded a trade. I know they're dolling it up. Yeah, but he wants to be with LeBron. 
Rich Paul, his agent, I think wants to get him with LeBron, his childhood friend. Well, the L.A. hat's not even passive-aggressive. It's aggressive-aggressive, right? Like, it's just... Explain that to, to people. Well, he was wearing, in the after the game, he was wearing a hat that had the L.A. logo on it for all of the, you know, his press obligations. And I said to you, is is that passive-aggressive or aggressive-aggressive? And, and he, that's and just he, intentional. And I know he went to UCLA. Yeah. Like, people may say that, but... I think the timing there when you're being mentioned as uh, a possible trade candidate to the Lakers and then in the first game you come out and you're wearing a Dodgers hat that says L- obviously their logo is LA. I, I that's I know, weird. Like I know Vooch is kind of a he's kind of a chill guy in a lot of ways, right? He carries himself in a manner. He's not hyper. He's not dancing Dale and Terry or even like Caruso. Those guys have more you know, effusive personalities, but he looks more indifferent now than ever before. And he just got the contract extension. He doesn't look happy. No, I don't think he is. I, uh, I, I was reading too. I forgot who wrote it. I forget if it was Cowley or if it was on the athletics. Some, one of the bulls beat writers was writing about how, um, the go between with Zach in the locker room has been DeMar. Did you read that? I too? did not. No. I forget who I, I think there was maybe Cowley. And that even though they haven't meshed on the court like this one-two punch. Well, DeMar's a true pro. Like, that they're friends, and yeah. they've been close since they've been together. And DeMar's been the guy that when things have been tense in that locker room, he's been the go-between to smooth things over between Zach and the rest of the the guys. And and it was— Well, he's it, got the most credibility in the entire building, too. Right, I mean, right. And, I, I like, I tweeted at the beginning of the game— like, you know how I feel about DeMar. I think by far he's their best player. And I know I know he's not. He doesn't shoot threes, and he's got other stuff that, that it, he's not top of the tier in the NBA. But I also feel like people would, would point the finger at him and say, well, he's the ball stopper, or he's the, the reason why no one else. They would not have won a third of the games that they have over the last three years without DeMar DeRozan. And to me, when they came out yesterday against the Orlando Magic at home without him and scored 32 or 33 points, whatever it was in the first half, 33, um, that I said, I like my theory was, look, you want to point the finger at DeMar. This is how they look when DeMar's not there. When, when DeMar, a professional shot maker, isn't there to score – this is this is them, and he's got he's got flaws. He's older now. Well, he's but, like that's part of the the reason why they are who they are, and it's not a shot at Demar, but Demar. If Demar's your best player, you've got no chance to win anything. He's in his what thirty two, thirty three years right. old. Right, he'd be a good three yes, on a championship absolutely. team who could get his own shot and get to the line in crunch time. But he and he doesn't your, play defense either. If he's your best player, right. that's an indictment on the rest of your team. Well, and, and like Zach, it's just the, my frustration with Zach, and I've always been a Zach backer. You've always yep. been a Zach backer. You know, I'm watching the highlights of, you know, Devin Booker had another good game yesterday. What's his name on Boston? Um, Tatum. Uh, yeah, Tatum had another big game yesterday in their win over the 76ers. Like, we always thought that he had similar skill sets to them. And and while he may never reach that exact height, we thought he could do some. He could create his own threes. He could get to the hoop anytime he wants. He's as athletic as anybody that we thought. 
Zach Levine could be really, really good and he had a resume that was showing year by year he was improving in a it, lot of categories. And he's always been a hard worker. Yeah. For him to come out yesterday and them to score 33 points after he had made this trade stuff vocal, I, I thought it, it looked all. He finished with 19. He hit the three. But he should that should have been a 30 or 35-point game yesterday. Show everyone what you got. You know? Get a win for your team against the Orlando Magic, who's better but still, like yeah. you got to come out on that on a game like that after all the trade talk, and and you're not a young player anymore. And by you're the way, a veteran, you should be able with the spotlight on you, not wilt, but grow into that. This game ended ninety six ninety four. This was not a game for seventy five percent of this entire game. The Magic were boat racing them. Yeah. So, like, like this game, I know you look at it, and if you didn't watch the entire game, you would have said, wow, the Bulls kept it close, and they just – the Magic absolutely pile-drived them for the majority of the game. And it wasn't because the Magic are good. It was because the Bulls are so inept. Right. 33 points. Only the Bulls. O- only 33 points in the first half. 33 points. Is that the lowest point total you can remember in recent history from an NBA team or your favorite yeah, the NBA Bulls team? Have, they've had so many bad teams that I'm sure they've had a couple. But 33 points? 33 points in the first half of a basketball I game? I bet if we did a search in the Boylan era, there I bet was How many a, a points stinker. did they score in the second quarter? Uh, 12. 21-12 and 31-30. and 30. So, you know, they got better, obviously, in the second half. But where I get mad, and and a lot of people tweet me and they go, Sylvie, turn it off. And that's just not who I am. I grew up as a Bulls fan in the 70s before Michael played. So I grew up with a lot of bad teams. Like after the Dick Mata years, for those old enough, I grew up with Reggie Theus and Orlando Woolridge and David Greenwood and some bad 70s Bulls, Artis Gilmore. And and then, you know, Michael comes in 84, but I watched a lot of bad teams at the Chicago Stadium with four and 5,000 people. So if, I, I, if that's how I grew up, I'm going to always watch them. I'm never going to not watch them. But, and there are a lot of people in this city who grew up with the Jordan Bulls. So they have become big Bulls fans because they had it very, very good. And they follow the team. A lot of people, younger fans... Uh, like it, some of them, the Bulls are their number one. Believe it or not, uh, like I know it's a Bears town, but a lot of people look at the Bulls as their number one. They have suffered sports abuse over the last and, several and years, that's, and that's where I get mad. Is I get mad watching this team. Those fans get mad watching this team. Will always be with them. But does the owner get mad? And why does it hurt us more than it hurts them? Does it ever hurt them? Does it hurt that they are so inconsistent, that they don't consistently win since 98, that you were the reasons why you broke up the dynasty? And like we always say, if you choose one path, just make sure the secondary path is better. And, and always, they had the brief moment with Tibbs and with Derek where it got good, but that was too short-lived as well. Do they, are they, that's what I want to know. Why should it hurt all of us more than it hurts the people who own or run the team? Why should, why should AK say, oh, well, we'll just run it back. And that's going to be good enough for me. How is that good enough for you when we all are angry and we're all mad 
that this team doesn't have a shot in hell to do anything. And all you're doing is wasting your time. You're wasting our time. Do you get mad? I don't know if they get mad, but on the other side of this conversation is an owner who has watched his his asset grow in value. That's the other side. You don't right. have a financial investment in this team. So while they're getting boat raced and you're getting pissed at them, your Bulls stock isn't going up because you don't own Bulls stock. I know, but don't you have any professional pride? Oh, well, you isn't think? it more than, than you're in professional sports? Isn't it more than just how much your team is worth? That's, oh, that's a question that only those guys can answer. Like, I just don't understand it. It's an embarrassment. It's truly an embarrassment. It's another road to nowhere. It's they keep going down these roads that have no outlets. They're, they're like cul-de-sacs where you just go and you make the U-turn and then you go back to where the, you started on that road and you start over again. Well, you mentioned Bob Myers and what he would add to your, your organization if he was hired. If I remember correctly, their owner basically a couple of years ago said, look, I got into this business to win championships I'll be rich. My money is secondary for me here, but our goal year in and year out is to win championships, and if we're not doing that, then we will adjust accordingly. Why does Jeannie Buss care? You know, like there are other – why does Mark Cuban care? Why do – there are owners that care, and – it, yes, fine, make your money. I, I've, I've, I'm never denied it's not a money-making thing. And I've never denied that Jerry or Michael shouldn't make their money. All I want to hear is, is, Michael, are you pissed? Aren't you mad? Is this acceptable to you again? That you just stood and you did nothing? And then oh, one game in, your team is having a closed-door meeting? Isn't that embarrassing to you as the owner? Isn't it embarrassing to you that you did no work in the offseason, but 11 games in, you're choosing a path then to start trading people? As someone who's a professional, someone who's wanted to take over this team for a long time, Michael, aren't you mad? Aren't you upset? We didn't know how good we had it with Gar and Pax. Well, and like, and that shouldn't be good enough either, Rich. You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't long for those days of going to one Eastern Conference Final. I know. I'm. Just... You know what I mean? I know you're joking, but we shouldn't long for those days either. The glory days of getting to one Eastern Conference Finals and losing four to one. Look, when this group came in and took over, we were all giddy about their willingness to to do they stuff. They fooled me. And it really, like, don't confuse activity with accomplishment. Me. Billy hasn't developed anybody. No. Billy doesn't get anybody better. Billy hasn't been a solution. Bill, like we say about Fields, uh, it's not all Justin's fault. It's not all Billy's fault, but Billy has not been a solution in any way, shape, or form. There's nobody in that organization that is should escape culpability three three two three seven seven six that's my piece on the bulls um and we got to play you some bedard stuff if you want to send us a would you rather we'll sprinkle some in and then we'll reward someone with a uh, a pride gift card to the pride store uh, carmen's favorite spot we'll read a couple before we leave at six and we're 15 minutes away from the jeff joniak experience the jeff joniak show yeah, yeah. a shoe deal to be named later absolutely it's waddle and sylvia at house hall Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. 
This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Hey, this is Coach Mike Dick. Greg Olson here. This is Stacy King. Hey, this is D Rose. What up? This is Ludacris. Hello, this is Stick Enberg. Would you like to play a little? Would you rather? Oh, my. That's right. Would you rather? Brought to you by our great friends and partners at the Pride Stores. I can't stop laughing. Why? Because of Dick Enberg? No, because the guys were screaming last night as they both got the game to like 20. I love those guys. They just can't wait to hug Adam tomorrow. Is he going to join us in person? I hope so. Is he not? I hope he joins us in person. They've got a tough job, man. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's 53-33. All right, uh, what do you got, My guys? wife, she, he looked at me. I was watching the game, and they're screaming, going, she looked at me, goes, what the F are these guys screaming about? And I looked at her, I go, they cut it to 25. And she's they like, were never down 25. Well, whatever it was. 18, it's, whatever it was. And she's like, and they're excited about cutting the lead to whatever. They cut it to 12. It's back down to single digits. Hey, they did have a chance to win. They did. I give them credit. Well, what do you got, guys? All right, let's start with Josh on Twitter. He wants to know, would you rather have great food and bad football games on Thanksgiving this year or terrible food and great games to watch? No, the first. Great food, bad football. It's what it's uh, like. I'm, I'm fine with any football, and we've watched bad football, and we'll watch it. We'll make the most of it. If you have a bad meal on Thanksgiving, that one day of the year where you eat this type of food and that you all gather, like, you want it to be fantastic. It's got to be good. We've had our share of bad football watching. Yeah. We'll we'll, 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 we'll trudge through watching three football games. Yeah, we'll make it. But give me the good. Don't give me crappy food. Don't give me crappy food on Thursday. I think that's fairly easy. Got another one here? Yeah, all right. So William wants to know, for the next five years, you can't fire or cut anybody. You're locked in. Would you rather have Matt Eberflus and Pat Mahomes or Justin Fields and Kyle Shanahan? Oh, I'm taking Matt or uh, Matt Eberflus and Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking the player of that magnitude. Patrick Mahomes, who could end up being the best the quarterback, quarterback in the quarterback of all time. Of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm that's your guy. I know. You'd do the Kyle Shanahan I got show. It. Yeah, like I would. You'd probably grab some dinner at Deer Path Inn with him you know, from time to time. Yeah. I'd, I would actually you, buy a hat and wear it with straight brim like he does. It, it, like at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy got to the NFC Championship game. Jimmy Garoppolo got why? Where to the Super Bowl? Did yeah. they get to the Super Bowl with yeah. oh, yes. Jimmy G? Yeah, yes. Kansas City. Yeah. So, I mean, Justin and... But yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you know, if you get a chance at Patrick Mahomes, I even with my intense football love for one Kyle Shanahan, I would still go with the a, a guy who's got a chance to be the greatest quarterback of all time. What if it's Travis Kelsey, Justin Fields, and Shanny, and it's Cole Komet, Matt Eberflus? And Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey's 33 What if it's Adam Shaheen, Patrick Mahomes, and Matt Eberflus, and you get Kelsey, Fields, and Shannon, and Chris Jones. And Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift and Chris Jones. You have Chris Jones on defense. And you have Billingsley, as Yurko calls him, uh, Billings here. 
So who else have you added so, so in your it's, hypothetical? It's would you Ma- rather Mahomes? Yeah. Billings. Yeah. Uh, e- Eberflus and Adam Shaheen. On the other hand, you get Fields, Shanahan, Travis Kelsey, and of course Tay Tay. And Chris, I don't care about Tay Tay and Chris Jones. How, how I, I've, I've evened the scales. You have. I mean, I, like, I have now, finally evened now the you, scales. Now you have yeah, Adam Shaheen, the ultimate equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Jones was part of it. Yes, yes. <sighs> Billings has had a good year, though. Oh, stop it with that. I won't deny that, but that's not the. <laughs> that's that's not what put it over the top. I've confused you. Um, I'm still inclined to take Patrick Mahomes. That's a good one, though. I, I like it's it. Patrick Mahomes. I, and, and, and listen, Travis Kelsey's fabulous, but Travis is Patrick Mahomes will be in the league five years after Travis Kelsey's retired. Remind me to ask this to Carmen and Yurko tomorrow. With with all that, with all the, the entire And I love Shanny too. That's a good question. That's a hard What if you get Debo with Shanny as well, Debo Samuel? And, Look, I, at that point, yes, I think it, it, it. And you get Kevin White on the Kevin White with Adam Shaheen on the Patrick Mahomes then team. Then I'm, I'm going to go with the 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 Bears with <laughs> Shanny and Justin, okay, and Travis Kelsey, and Debo Samuel, and Chris Jones. Now you've given me you've given me the best coach in the league offensively. Someone argue it's Andy, but I mean play caller. Let's just call it splitting hairs. But you've given me Chris Jones, All Pro. Travis Kelsey, all pro. Debo. Really, really good. Went yeah. healthy. All, you know, at least Pro Bowl. Who else did you give? Give that me? guy the, the, give him the prize because we workshopped that. Did, well, we'll read some more later. And then I still owe you the Bedard. Joniak's coming up with his expensive shoes. Uh, people love when Joniak joins us. I bet he's wearing sneakers today. I bet he's wearing bare sneakers. Done, yeah, going yeah. casual because he, he doesn't do. want to talk about it. I bet you he's too focused on bare stuff that he's wearing the expensive shoes. Um, and maybe so because I think that the meeting room down the hall, it looks like they're going to have a function, which oh, okay. he's probably MC, part of. Yeah. All right, Jeff Joniak joins us next at Hallis Hall.